This is the third episode of Lex Talk, highlighting the uh, DRX post worlds legacies for all the players in the roster. Now that they're world champions, this episode is focused on the mid laner Zeka. Uh, just like the previous episodes, we're going to take a look at kind of where Zeka came from, from start to finish in his career. This is his third year as a player or as a, at a top level. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to look at some of his contemporaries, and then we're going to compare him to you know other historical players in similar positions with similar careers, and kind of get into where his legacy stands at the end. So as I said, uh, Zeka is a three-year veteran at this point. He played in 2020 and 2021 in the LPL, and then he played this season, 2022, in the LCK. Started his career on a pretty average Vici Gaming roster in 2020. A lot of the players in this team were actually pretty good. Their results weren't the best, unfortunately, but the team itself, like, these guys aren't terrible players. He played with a couple of people who have had some success, like iBoy. Um, ultimately, Zeka only played a few games in spring. Forge was the starter for most of the season. So he played uh, 10 games. He went 2-8. and eight. Vici was the ninth seed in the LPL in spring. Zeka didn't really perform super well in spring. Now, in summer, he steals the starting job from Forge. The team does a little bit worse overall, but Zeka's performances are a lot better. So the team ends up finishing in 11th place. They go 8-8 eight and eight overall. Uh, in game score, Zeka breaks even. He goes 17-17. and 17. Um, You know, the coaching staff, you might have heard some of these guys. You have Koma, Loon, and Maokai. So pretty successful coaching staff overall as far as their achievements elsewhere. And some of these other players like iBoy is pretty good. Uh, Cube... A hang is a pretty decent support. So they actually had some pretty good players on the team. But the team overall, maybe these guys were a little bit too early or too late in their career to really get a whole lot done. Uh, overall for the season, I actually thought that Zeka was pretty good. Especially with rookies, I tend to mostly focus on their development as a player. So if they have a kind of weak spring and a strong summer, I really like to look at where they were by the time they got to the end of the season. Whereas with veterans, I try and look at you know the whole body of work a little bit more because the improvement isn't the same kind of expectation. Uh, by the end of the season, I did have Zeka as like a B, B plus level player. I had him as around, you know, the 8th, ninth, 10th kind of range in the LPL as far as mid laners were concerned. So pretty good, you know, uh, middle of the pack, pretty much spot in the middle. I think the LPL has 17 teams or 16 teams in 2020. So pretty much like spot in the middle. But again, the LPL is the best league. And in 2020, it was a very stacked league with a very strong Top Esports, Jingdong Gaming, um, World Finalists and Sooning. A lot of really good teams in 2020, so hard to really compete with that. Um, I think that he did very good as a rookie, despite being you know ranked as 8. I think in a lot of the leagues he would have been one of the standout mid laners. Now, in 2021, he joins Billy Billy Gaming. Again, plays with a pretty solid roster, like a lot of these guys you may have heard of. They've got a Bubu as the top laner, Meteor, who's a very good jungler, has been for a couple of years now. Aiming, who's a very good LCK AD carry. They had Mark. And then in the summer, they actually switch out Mark and they get PP God, who's again a pretty good player. He's on uh, V5 now. So a lot of these guys are actually pretty good players. Um, it's kind of surprising. In the spring season... They don't do particularly well. They end up going uh, six and ten. They're eleventh in the league. Um, Zeka's performances—he goes sixteen and twenty-two. 
the roster. Um, not the best, but as a player overall, Zeka's pretty good at this point in time. Uh, the summer goes quite a bit better. So they have the, they switch out their jungler, they get Weiwei, who's another pretty good jungler. As I said before, they also get PP God in the summer. So they have a pretty strong roster. They end up sixth in the regular season. They're coming in pretty well. Uh, but unfortunately, they do get beat out by WE in a quick 3-0 in the summer playoffs. Um, overall, I felt that Zeka had a very strong performance as a mid laner, especially in his sophomore season. You know, he's still a developing player. By the end of the season, I think he did quite a bit better than he did in his rookie year. And I gave him, you know, like a fifth or sixth kind of ranking overall for mid laners. I had him behind a couple of the really standout mids like, you know, eventual finals MVP scout, rookie... A knight, some of those guys, but ultimately I felt that Zeka was a very strong mid laner at this point in time, and definitely kind of coming up on those guys, you know, pretty comparable level to players like Fofo, who were really strong at this point in time, so definitely somebody who was on the up and up. Uh, as far as 2021, I do think, you know, overall, very strong performance. I did give him an A- on the season. He did get stronger as the year went on, and when it is young players, you do kind of want to look at that development track a little bit more. Uh, 2022, he ends up moving over to DRX. So he joins DRX. Uh, again, team with, you know, pretty reasonable roster. They, you know, they have the team here that actually now in hindsight has won Worlds. Um, but I don't think that the expectations were super high for this team. I mean, Zeka was an up-and-coming player. He was quite good. If you didn't watch the LPL, you're kind of wondering who this guy is. Um Deft and Barrel are seen to be, you know, a little past their primes in some people's eyes at this point in time. Kingen's not a particularly hype player. Pioshik's not a particularly hype player. I think if you pay pay a lot of attention to these leagues, you'll realize that these guys are pretty good, but not like giant expectations for the team. So they actually end up being fourth place in the regular season. They go 11-7 and seven overall. Um, their win rate there with Zeka is 21-19, and 19, so a little bit over 500. Pretty strong team overall. They do lose in the first round of the playoffs. They lose to Kongdu. Or sorry, uh, not Kongdu. I always call them Kongdu. Uh, Kwangdong Freaks. They used, they used to be the Kongdu monster team, so I just mess myself up every time. So they lose to Kwangdong Freaks in the first round. They lose against, um, you know, one of the rivals there that I would have for Zeka in Fate. So they do get beat out there in the first round against Kwangdong. Uh, in the summer season, a little bit worse. They end up going 9-9. Nine nine. They kind of coast into the playoffs. Uh, really the biggest reason that they even made the playoffs is there just wasn't another really good team to compete with them. So there's a pretty big gap between six and seven. So really the top six teams just made a pretty easy run in the playoffs. Uh, nobody really hyped up DRX much. They started off really strong at the beginning of the split and then kind of tapered off at the end. And they get beat out in the first round pretty easily. 3-1 to uh, Sandbox. Um, another one of Zeka's contemporaries, a closer, kind of takes him out of that series. So... The, like the playoff results, not the greatest this season. Um, pretty reasonable regular season results. I actually think that Zeka was quite good pretty much the whole time. And there's also a lot of progression that you can see in 2022. So looking at 2020 spring, Zeka is number six um, among mid laners in kills, number six in KDA, number six in kill participation, number five in gold differential at 10 minutes, third in CSD at 10 minutes, and fifth in damage per minute. Right, so, you know, pretty middle of the pack. Um, again, very deep mid lane pool in the LCK. You have Closer Fate, Chovy, Showmaker, Faker. A lot of very good players in, these, in this position. So it's not shocking that he could be sixth. Um, and that's pretty much where I had him during that split. I had him like around 
like sixth in the league. He's like fifth or sixth in pretty much every stat. So about the middle of the pack. Now, in summer, you see this huge growth of Zeka, and I think it was very quiet because DRX overall as a team didn't perform pretty w- very well. I mean, they did go from fourth place to sixth place. They had a losing record overall. But Zeka's performance as an individual was much better. Um, among mid laners in the LCK, he was number one in kills. He was second in CSD at 10 minutes. He was third in gold differential at 10 minutes, fourth overall KDA. Second in kill participation among mid laners and third in DPM. And again, he was very close to the top. And some of these categories, some of the ones that he was second in, or sorry, third in, he was, you know, within two or three percent of the person ahead of him. So he was very, very close in a lot of these stats. Much better performance. Uh, overall, I felt that Zeka was very strong in summer, despite, you know, that very that first round exit to Live Sandbox. In the regional qualifiers, Zeka does get some revenge. He performs very strong in the regionals. They end up actually qualifying, and they were sixth, and nobody expected them to get out at all. They take out KT in a tight 3-2. They take out Sandbox in a tight 3-2 as well, and qualify for Worlds. Now, obviously, at the World Championship, uh, Zeka has a fantastic performance. He's a huge standout in the play-ins. Everybody got really hyped up. He was just obliterating everybody in play-ins. Uh, he looked awesome pretty much the whole time there. He had, I think he had a quadra kill or a penta. I think it was a quadra. It might have been a penta in one of the playing games where he just looked amazing. And then they get to the group stage. They're obviously playing against some pretty strong mid laners. He does face quite the murderer's row, I would say, and may have faced the strongest, you know, number of elite players in his position compared to the other players on the team. Uh, in the group stage, they play off against Larson. And Knight, you know, two of the best mid laners in their respective regions. Semi or in the quarterfinals, they end up playing against Scout, the reigning finals MVP. Next round, Chovy, you know, the star number one mid laner in the LCK. And then finally in the finals, he ends up playing against the you know most successful, greatest player of all time in Faker. And generally across the board, he outperformed or performed pretty evenly with everybody he played against. Um, ultimately, ended up beating out all of these teams win their group, win each round of the playoffs, end up lifting the trophy at the very end of the tournament. I think that Zeka's Worlds was pretty shocking, and I would say that he was the number one performing mid laner at Worlds. Uh, he did lead the World Championship for mid laners as far as kills. He was number one in kills overall. And then among the mid laners who made the playoff portion of Worlds, he was fourth in KDA and fourth in kill participation. Overall, among all players at Worlds, he was number two in kills to Gumayushi. And he was the number one in solo kills with 11 solo kills at Worlds. So he had a pretty fantastic performance at Worlds overall. His biggest strength as a player is that he's very good at killing people. Um, You know, number one kills at mid in LCK and then number one mid at Worlds at at kills and solo kills. So that's kind of his specialty. He's not like a control mage kind of player where they have pretty gaudy damage numbers. His whole thing is he makes big plays. And I think that he's been excellent at doing so and has really developed clearly across his career. Overall for 2022, I gave him an A overall. I had him rated among the LCK mids as, you know, anywhere in that the two to four range. I had Chovy kind of solidly ahead of him because he had such a fantastic year overall even despite, you know, losing to Zeka there in the semifinals at Worlds. But his body work across the year was superior, I would say. But 
you know, Showmaker and Faker, I would say pretty comparable levels across the full season, especially in that summer season. Zeka really performed at an elite level and, of course, at Worlds. And then his contemporaries, uh, Closer and Zeka, I did, or sorry, Closer and Fate, I did have Zeka ahead of both of them. So I think anywhere between two and four in the LCK, it's probably a pretty appropriate rating. I personally had him at three. I had Showmaker a little bit ahead of Zeka across the full year. But by the end of the season, I, I felt that Zeka was stronger to kind of close out the year once they once the end of LCK playoffs happened. I think from that point further, he was outperforming Showmaker pretty much across the board. As far as a historical perspective, the two players that I would compare him to the most right now as far as his current contemporaries would be Closer and Fate. All of these guys kind of started as rookies around the same time. Closer as a substitute mid laner for T1, the backup there to Faker, and Fate also coming up as a rookie in 2020. So all three of these guys, 2020 rookies, um, none of them, I mean, Fate and Zeka didn't play on strong teams. They played on pretty middling teams. And then Closer played on a very strong team, but never really got to play a whole lot. Um, so all strong players in their own rights. Closer's probably the closer of the two to the way Zeka plays because Closer's also an assassin style player, um, really focuses on kills, pretty strong laner overall. Now that they're all on their own teams and none of these guys are sub anymore, it's a little bit more fair. They did play each other quite a bit this season in particular. All of them had pretty competitive, they're pretty similar level teams as well. Uh, Kwangdong Freaks did fall off a little bit in the summer season, but over the course of the season, you know, Kwangdong and Sandbox across the board when you average it all out were pretty similar to DRX overall for the year in their level of play. All three of these guys have played since 2020. All three of them are very good. I do think that Zeka does kind of take the cake, though, as a slightly stronger player overall. And then, of course, having this international success so early into his career, I think, does kind of give him the nod over those guys. As far as even just his champion play style, he is um, very good on kind of the two champions that he really showed off at Worlds where he stuck out on. Uh, his Akali, he is 17-7 and all-time on Akali. And he is 21 and 11 all time on Silas. Those have been the two champions that have kind of been his wheelhouse his whole career, where he's just much better on those than he is on these other picks. They have much higher win percentages than he does historically for the rest of his career because he's around 500 for his career, but about 70% win rate on both of those champions. Uh, his Azir that he did lock in for the final two games of the World Finals is something that I wanted to look at as well. So, Going into those two games when they were on match point against T1, and you are playing against, you know, the greatest player of all time in the finals, it was a little bit shocking to me to see him lock in the Azir. Um, before the World Finals, Zeka was 10 and 12 in his career playing Azir, and ended up going 2-0 in those games and outright winning the World Championship. So it was kind of shocking that he was willing to just play into that pick, challenge Faker to play the Assassins into him in the Akali game, and then kind of just outplayed Faker pretty well the entire series, like he did with Chovy in the semifinals as well. Yeah, it's very incredible to me that a teenage player who's still, I believe he's still 19 at this point in time, was willing to play what had historically been a losing champion in the world finals on match point against the greatest player in the time and I, or 
of all time. And then still, you know, have kind of the guts to make a decision like that and accept this and just go for it. So I do think that that's just generally impressive as all, it, like overall. Those are the three champions that I wanted to highlight. Those are the ones that he specialized in on the, uh, during Worlds and particularly the final two games there where they won the championship. Historically against, you know, the mid laners of the past, I would say his closest comparisons are probably the two Samsung mid laners to win with the World Championships in Crown and Pawn. So basically with these guys, Crown's playstyle is a little bit different. He's more of a mage player, but it's more his legacy that I think is similar in that Crown had a pretty brief peak. He came in to his career, wasn't supposed to be a superstar, you know, 2016 summer, he just kind of takes off. He becomes a very strong mid laner. They go to Worlds. They qualify on top of KT, who was supposed to beat them. Make the World Finals just about take out Faker in the World Finals. Crown is playing out of his mind the entire tournament. Um, he's the best player on his team for the whole run. And they almost win Worlds. They lose in Game 5 to the 2016 T1 roster. Um, the next year... In spring of 2017, Crown is the league MVP of the LCK. He's one of the best players in the whole world and performs at an extremely high level. They end up getting knocked out in the playoffs in the third place and they don't make the finals. Now, in summer, they perform a little bit worse, but they ultimately end up qualifying for Worlds. And then, much like DRX did this year, nobody really expected a whole lot from the team. They kind of were a big surprise team to even make Worlds, so nobody really expected them to go much further after that. Um, they get second of their group, get paired off against Longju, where they're playing against the reigning MVP of the LCK and BDD. They win. They go up against WE in the semis with a strong mid laner in, in uh, Shie. They beat that team, and then in the finals, they end up taking out uh, Faker and his T1 roster, a uh, 3-0 in the finals. So Crown was not the superstar in 2017 as he was in 2016, which makes it a little bit different because he didn't win at the peak of his powers. Had he won in 2016, I think that the comparison would be even closer. But ultimately, this is a guy who had a lot of international success without really having almost any domestic success outside of the MVP that he won. As a player, extremely strong mid laner for a very brief period of time. After that point in time, you know, 2017 summer onward, he stopped being a superstar. But for the period of you know, 2016 summer, 2016 worlds, and 2017 spring, he was one of the best mid laners in the whole world. And I kind of feel like that's where Zeka has been performing at that level for the last few months. I'm hoping that this does carry over into next year as well, because seeing somebody rise up and be that good very quickly, having kind of transcendent growth, is always something that's really exciting to see in League of Legends. Um, so I do think that the comparison between those players and their legacies is quite similar. Um, I think that Crown's very strong 2016 Worlds performance is pretty comparable to what Zeka did this year. And then, of course, the 2017 title win kind of gives him that actual title itself. The other player I'd look at here is Pawn. And I'm kind of hoping that Zeka's career goes maybe a little bit closer to how Pawn's did than Crown, because Crown is sometimes a more or less forgotten player. Now, Pawn has a similar kind of style as Zeka, very assassin-focused. Um, seems to be a very clutch player just overall. It's kind of shocking how strong Pawn actually did perform against Faker relative to a lot of the other mid laners that he played in his career. So he was kind of known as the Faker counter. 
upon basically kind of an unheralded player. He was one suck before that, or one suck before that. He played on a couple of bad teams, gets put onto Samsung White after he plays. Well, he plays on Samsung Blue, does pretty well in some offseason tournaments, gets pulled into Samsung White, and then just up and wins Worlds. And really performed at an extremely high level and kind of built his legacy off of his performance, you know, in some of the, the champions uh, semifinals where he ended up placing third both times with Samsung White in the semis in 2014 spring and 2014 summer. And then at Worlds, they win the world championship. He beats out Dade, who's the reigning, or not the reigning MVP at this point, but two-time LC or OGN champion and two-time league MVP. So kind of a similar run to what Zeka did where Zeka plays off against the reigning world's MVP, the number one LCK mid, and then the greatest of all time. Pawn ends up playing against, you know, the best LCK or the best Korean mid laner at the time in Dade in the semifinals at Worlds. Goes to the finals. Their finals opponent's a little bit weaker, but it is, you know, an RNG roster with Uzi I. So not a push pushover, but his team, super stacked. They end up winning it. Um, with Mata as the finals MVP. Now, Pawn, after the 2014 World Championship, ends up going to EDG and, you know, wins another domestic title, uh, this time against Faker in the finals with the infamous Morgana counterpick into LeBlanc to win MSI. And he becomes an LPL champion in 2015 as well. So he kind of has a very strong career arc post-winning Worlds, and that's where I'm really hoping that Zeka goes. I think that his current trajectory, like I would say up until this point in their career, Zeka would have an edge over the way that Pawn came up. Pawn was pretty average and then got really good, won Worlds. Next year wins the LPL Spring, wins MSI, starts to fall off a little bit after that before and eventually being replaced by Scout. But their trajectory is kind of similar. They're both Assassin players. Um, they both kind of weren't expected to so quickly get to where they were. And they're both, you know, accomplished international mid laners at this point in time, which is very, it's very fun. There's not a whole lot of people who actually get to win a world championship just in their careers in general. There's very few and mid lane is the most important position in league history. If you look at, you know, the history of mid laners, lots of multi-time MVPs, all kinds of legendary players. Looking at all of the other historical Korean mid laners to win worlds, you have a pretty amazing list of players. So, I mean, obviously you have Crown, who wasn't as good in 2017 as he was in 2016, but he is, you know, an LCK MVP. You, of course, have Scout, who won last year. He's also a three-time LPL champion. You have Rookie, who's a four-time league MVP in China, LPL champion, uh, LC or OGN champion from 2014 summer. Dwayne B, multi-time MVP as well. He wins Worlds. Showmaker, another MVP. Uh, Three-time LCK champion. Pawn, an MSI, and a world champion. And of course, Faker, who's two-time Korean League MVP. Ten-time Korean League champion. Two-time MSI champion. And three-time world champion. So if you look at the mid laners who have won Worlds, it's a pretty successful group. I think that Zeka's really joining elite company in doing this. I think it's a huge achievement to be a world champion mid laner, especially in a fashion where you're, even though he wasn't the finals MVP, he was the best player on his team, probably the entire tournament leading up to that and would have been the favorite 
for finals MVP uh, going into the finals had votes been on DRX to win. Overall, I think that his legacy is looking very strong among all, you know, the LCK-based mid laners. So I'm not counting people like Rookie or Doinby who, you know, made their name internationally with the LPL. But among the, you know, the Korean League-based mid laners, I do have Zeka in pretty high company. I have him around like the eighth spot all time. I think that's a pretty solid achievement at this point in his career. I think he's going to accomplish a lot more as well. But right now, I would say that around eighth all time is probably a pretty accurate spot. I have him around the same level as Pawn and Crown. Um, I think he has the potential to pass both of them for sure. I'd say that pretty good argument to have Zeka over Crown at this point in time. And I think that he'll probably end up ahead of Pawn by the time that his career ends. I do have him behind, you know, players like Faker, Showmaker, Chovy, BDD. I think those guys, they just, they've been so good for so long. They have incredible legacies, um, multiple MVPs, superstars, you know, all pro first team awards. So I think their accolades are kind of untouchable at this point in time, but give Zeka a few years. And I think there's a pretty decent chance they'll be able to make a very strong legacy for himself and catch up to those guys as it stands right now, though. I currently have him as the eighth all-time mid laner to come from uh, the Korean region, so OGN and LCK. Hopefully next year we'll be able to see some great achievements from him. I am very hyped up. I Again, I did have Zeka as a B plus in 2020, an A minus in 2021, an A in 2022, and you know an A plus level performance there at Worlds this year. So this guy is improving every single split that he plays. He's definitely growing as a player. I think that if he rounds at his champion pool, he can go down as one of the best mid laners that we've ever had. I'm hoping that that's the trajectory he takes rather than the crown route and just kind of falling off after winning Worlds. So only time will tell kind of where Zek is going. I hope that he has enough success that I need to make another video in the future to kind of detail his newest achievements. Until then, I would say that Zeka, fantastic legacy to this point in time. Looking forward to see what he accomplishes in the future. That's all for this episode of Lex Talk. The next episode, we will be highlighting the legendary DRX80 carry Deft, his accomplishments, his legacy, where he's at, and look back at, you know, almost a decade of competitive achievement. Stay tuned for more. Thank you. Mm -hmm.